These opportunities will give me what I need to level up life. Hey, what's up, beautiful souls? Chad and Eric here, and we just want to welcome you back to another week at the Roundtable. We are so grateful to have you, and we have a wonderful episode in store for you. So, stay tuned and enjoy. Hey, what's up, beautiful souls? Chad Hayfler here with my brother, Eric Dixon. Yo. And we'd like to welcome you back to another week at the round table. Eric, how are you, brother? Dude, I feel tremendous today. Yeah? Yep. Today was an awesome day. Um, we are still busier than ever, even though we're, you know, leased up. At ready work? To go. Yeah, at work. <laughs> and... Um, Man, it, it felt good. There was a lot of moving pieces today. Uh, a lot of tours still going on. Um, people are just still super excited about uh, about being at the Jameson. So, yeah, it was nice. Why man. wouldn't you be? Yeah. It's a beautiful place. Yeah. Um, so just a wonderful work day. And then I got a, a, a good workout in today, this morning before, before work. Got in some research on the podcast. Sent out some love. Um, made sure people knew, did some marketing, um, and here we are. So, uh, it, yeah, it's been a tremendous day. Podcast day is always a great day. It's always the best day. So, feeling the energy today, man. Yeah, yeah. One yeah. reason yeah. today is my beloved Marine Corps birthday. Yeah, happy birthday, Marines! Thank you, brother. And um, you know it. That's one thing the Marine Corps prides itself on is its tradition and its history. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things that sets us aside from other uh, fighting forces and one of the things that um, is just creates such a brotherhood. So um, shout out to all my Marine brothers and sisters. Happy birthday. Be safe. I know we are party animals and like to uh, drink our faces off. So if you are doing that tonight, please be safe. And if you need a ride... And you live near me, <laughs> I will come get you because I would hate to lose anybody else because it's it's tough, man. He means that. I, I truly do. Yep. I truly do. I, I mean, I may I may curse you under my breath as I'm on, on my way, but I will come get you. I promise. Yep. Um, so yeah, man, that's a good day and, and very fitting for the topic. So the topic yeah. that Eric and I chose to discuss this evening was uh, or is violence mm-hmm. and the roles it's played in our lives, mm-hmm. um, as well as our views on why and how and what causes it and just everything in between. So uh, yeah. you're in for a good one. I think so. You're in for a good one. So as always, we are so grateful yeah. that you're joining us at the round. <clears throat> yeah. And thanks everybody for the energy today. We, we sent out a lot of uh, just invitations to, to join the podcast and I sent out a lot of messages and you know, we, we appreciate everybody that like, dude, so many people message me back like, Hey, I'm working and this. And like, you know, I was like really wanted to tune in. Like that made me feel so good. Like yeah. they're like, man, but we're going to catch you on the next time. I said, you know, that's great. Like just sending it out, putting it out there. So right. maybe you'll make it the next time, but thanks for joining in this time. And, um, yeah, I think we've, we've got a really, really good episode. I think be- between personal stories of violence, both mental and physical, yeah. Um, and, you know, stories about what's happening today. 
I mean, I think we can relate to this subject. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think you, you touched on a really beautiful point that a lot of times when we hear violence or think about violence, we think of an outward physical act of aggression or, or bodily harm, but you, you said emotional Mm -hmm. violence or internal violence. And that is so crucial in all of our lives because we all have those demons that we fight every day, whether it's as simple as, man, I don't want to get out of bed. Hey, get your ass out of bed. I don't want to get out of bed. You know, that, that to me is, is a form of internal violence. Like you're, clashing and conflicting with yourself yeah In, uh, interpersonal yeah yeah it's definitely not a harmonious state when, mm-hmm. when you're in that state of mind so yeah. um, that's a that's a beautiful point brother and oh this is an exciting one yeah so um before we dig too far uh you know how uh w- what was the best part of your day today um man probably I've had some really, really deep conversations with kids at work lately. Yeah. The kids that we have right now and and the court system are really starting to open up. Yeah. So I've been doing anger management with them mm-hmm. and uh, sharing my personal stories of my bouts with anger and how I overcame mm-hmm. a lot of my anger issues and my violent mm-hmm. issues. Not that I was physically violent to many people but yeah. the the violence of um the verbal violence yeah you know verbal violence yep yeah. um, because that's that has always kind of been my go-to violent act you know because i i do think i'm good with my words and i i've used them in the past to cut people deep and it's very unhealthy and so it's been good man yeah it's been like kids. it sounds like a group beneficial thing for you you know like always, everybody's man. benefiting and learning for sure, yeah. man. That's that yeah. you know, that's for sure. You're absolutely right because we're always the students and we're always the teachers, you know. Yeah. And if we can take lessons from everybody we interact with, even if you're in that teacher role, you know, that I that I'm with these kids, like these kids give me perspective and and it's disheartening to hear some of these kids' story because Yeah, I'm sure. But it gives me perspective to be grateful that I didn't have to go through that yeah. or, or my children don't have to go through that. Yeah. So that's my lesson. And it's like, man, you really do have a blessed life. Like no matter what you faced, you know, my dad left when I was young, but some of these kids probably wish their moms and dads would have left yeah. because their life would have been better off without them. Mm-hmm. So that gives me perspective and Absolutely. like, well, maybe my life is better off that, that he did bounce. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. Yeah, perspective is a thing. I mean, I think it's, I told somebody today, I think it's always good to go back. And I think, you know, by you hearing those stories, you do go back and you, and you think about what happened and how it actually was and, or how it could be start to get real grateful. Yeah, for sure, man, (laughs) for sure. Because man, you know, it's, that's almost a double edged sword because we talked about last episode, like not giving myself empathy. Yeah. Like finding the balance in perspective because then I'm like, okay, well, you've not had it very bad. So suck it up, buttercup. So it's like, (laughs) again, balance, just like anything. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it was a, it's a really good day. And some, one of the, one of the young ladies that I work with has had a lot of trauma with men and 
I've reached out to her several times and mm-hmm. I've I've given her some booklets and a lot of things to work through with trauma worksheets and stuff to, you know, she can open up on herself. She can do them on her own. Yeah. And um, because she, she voiced, I'm not, I don't talk to guys. I don't talk to guys. And today she said she wanted to come to the group tomorrow. Nice. So that was probably the best. Wow. Yeah. Man. Progress led to this. Steps <sighs> yeah. led to this. Confirmation now. Yeah. Like, uh, it's working. Consistency, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Consistently being there for people, man. Man. That's good. That's good. And then I had dinner with my kids. My wife's at work, so me and the kids went to Panera. And... Yeah. Dude, it's just been a good day, man. Yeah. Must be my birthday or something. <laughs> it must be. <laughs> what about you? I know you touched on your day, but what was your favorite part? Uh, My favorite part was... So when I'm at work, I like to prepare myself for any tours that come in. Mm-hmm. The way I prepare myself is by uh, folding. Uh, we have dedicated folders for people to take home. They have information about our apartments and stuff like that, my contact info. I make sure those are ready for like anybody that comes in the door. So today I went back, and I usually do 10. Like It's just like a thing, like 10 is enough for a couple of days, like it's just my thing. I've done 10. Today, I didn't count like the folders. And I just kind of went with it. And I wanted so badly to count to 10. And in fact, like when I picked them all up and I flipped through them, like I did like a half-ass count of them to see if it would be 10. Yeah. And I still don't know. But <laughs> but here's the cool thing. So, I just let it go. There was something pulling me telling me don't count the folders like go against go against what you want to do i don't know what it was i do know what it was and it was like are you going to listen or not and i, I said okay fine <laughs> like like and i was like all right fine so the other half of that process is i go in the back to do that i come back out to the front to put my business cards that's the final step in the folder yeah well, when I come back and put the business cards in, there's just as many business cards Boom. as there is folders. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> and I, yeah, that's, that's, that's what does it for me. Yeah, as so, it should, man. So amazing. And I was like, okay, I see you. Yeah, man, that's um, a beautiful story of following your intuition, right? Your intuition is like, <laughs> don't count the folders. You're going to need this exact amount. Right. It, yes. And you listen to it, uh-huh. and, and that's how you sharpen it. Yeah. Yeah, man. And, and those things keep coming, man. It's beautiful. I was literally sitting sure. there, like laughing. I was like, "Why is this so strong right now? Like, what? What is the point of right now? Yeah. Oh, it doesn't make sense. So just let it go and let it be, and then do it. It will and make sense. It will man, make sense it was, eventually. It was so much fun. Oh man, that's beautiful. Man, I love stories of. Uh, following intuition and, and like not understanding it because the soul knows the outcome. Oh it's, the, it's the analytical mind and the ego that's trying to play catch up and, and piece everything together. And then when it all comes together, your analytical mind is, <laughs> but your spirit knows all along, like, Hey, you're always in the right place. Yeah. You're putting in the work. You're going to have the exact amount. Yeah. Oh man. That's beautiful. Yeah. I fucking love that. Thanks dude. Thanks for sharing, man. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, that is awesome. <clears throat> and, you know, speaking of being in the right place, um, 
I uh, I took a couple calls after work, like on my way home. Usually that's like my pump up time, you know, um, to get ready for the podcast. Mm-hmm. Like I always call Kayla when I get off, but um, but another person had wanted me to call. So shout out Lakeland and shout out Dan. Appreciate you both, Dan, for the idea and Dan. Lakeland. Appreciate you. Um, so on the way home, I made those two calls. So where I'm going with this is. Um, I turned on Rogan after those two calls. I was like, I'm just going to listen to some Rogan and relax on the way home. It's with Theo Vaughn. Yeah. Yeah. So, sure dude. Yeah. Theo Vaughn is hilarious. If you guys don't know him, funny com- uh, comedian. So I was like, this is going to be a hilarious episode. So it's it's been good so far. So in the point, I think I had maybe, I don't know, six to, ten, six to ten minutes on the way home still left. Flipped it on. First story that I start talking about is the um, shooting that just happened in Chicago. Um, There was a total of five guys, I think. And it was like, it's a known thing. It's been published in the newspaper. Um, But they were uh, shooting at each other. It was two like rival gangs. Right. And Mm -hmm. they're calling it um, like dual combat or something like that. So no charges. Like (laughs) Like somebody was murdered. So a guy was killed. Other people got injured. And they're calling it like this dual combat. So neither, n- nobody's getting prosecuted for it because it was like shooting on both it sides. It was mutual. It was mutual. Yes. There you go. That's fucking absurd. Dude, that is fucking absurd. Hello. Hello, enabling. Hello, enabling. Wow. Yeah. That's basically what Rogan said. He's like, well, yeah, we, are, go to we, are going, we are going down a slippery slope. Or, <laughs> or if you want to go shoot somebody, go to Chicago, make sure they have a gun. You say it's dual combat. What the dude. fuck? Tell man. Him, man. So, dude, that that is that is mind blowing. Yeah. I'm at a loss of words for for one yeah. or two times in my life. Yeah, you know, it just goes along, and I don't know much about this, so I don't, you know, I don't have a very strong opinion on it, but like. You know, it all goes along with this, like, defund the police and stuff like that. Like, I think Chicago's in, in that kind of stuff. Yeah, they're yeah, very democratic, man. So, um, so that's about the extent of what I know. But, yeah, man. I mean, violence is uh, it's a real thing now, and apparently it's a fair thing. Man. So. Um, that, wow, dude. That is That really just blows my mind. Kind of, I guess. The more I think about it, it's like, well. Yeah. Everything's got to be fair and equal, and you got to coddle people. And you know, there's the pendulum is swinging too far the other way with with the agenda. You know, yeah. So who knows? I I used to get really involved in that stuff and really into the politics of every situation, but I just realized that a lot of it's bullshit. A lot of it's to divide us and, and pin us against each other because you know, on TV, these politicians may seem like they're their enemies and going against each other and they hate each other and they're fighting for their group, but behind closed doors, they're all chummy and going to dinner and not following any of the rules they're setting for us. And it's just like, wow, it's all, it's all a puppet show. Yeah. It's like, man, this is bullshit. So stop giving that stuff my attention because I got really deep into it. Yeah. Which, um, it is a, is a type of, of violence that's happening today. You mm. know, collective violence. It's, political it's social agenda driven it's economic you know it's it's all that it's it's definitely very prevalent yeah in culture today i mean physical 
um, what you, d- emotional. I like that. Oh. Yeah. Um, you know, psychological. It's all it's all violence. I mean, I started looking up what what violence is. Um, I just you know just starting to get real curious about things. You know, right? Like, like what is it? Like where does it come from? You know, just start asking questions. Like I think that's you know the goal of this podcast is just be fascinated with things you know and just wonder um because violence is something i think we 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 all have every single one of us mm-hmm. i mean you i have heard stories of like you know very very famous writers comparing you know hitler to people of today i mean the capability is in us all mm-hmm. it's basically we just weren't a part of those times yeah so we all have this this violence thing that we seem to some of us seem to control uh keep very well under wraps some don't yeah some lose control i mean especially what i've seen you know mentally physically and and myself lose absolute control and it's um it's a it's an interesting thing so i don't I don't know. I think it. I think it comes from a different, lot of different places. But I think it's just like behavior that's intended to like hurt, damage, kill. It, I I think that's what violent violence is. It could be physically, yeah. or just like you said, emotionally, mm-hmm. abuse. I mean, yeah. we. I, I'm a believer in like the brain and the body don't know the difference. And if, whether it's physical or somebody just absolutely tearing you down or saying hateful things to you, it's like it's the same thing. Yeah. In my book. Yeah. What do you What do you think it is? Oh man, it's such a it's such an in depth topic, man. It's I think it, it it could even get down to a primal sense of survival. Um, Dude. You know. Hmm. You know, if you, if you look at the animal kingdom, man, when I was doing research, I, I saw something um, about lions and, and chimpanzees. And I saw a couple yeah. different studies like when we think at least when I've always thought about violence and humanity, like, man, humans are fucking violent. Yeah. We kill each other. We murder each other. We do horrible, uh, commit horrible atrocities against each other. Mm-hmm. But as I started diving into this topic this past week, it's like, man, humans are somewhat tame nowadays compared to the animal kingdom seriously i mean even grasshoppers i saw i listened to a whole ted talk on these ferocious grasshoppers that like just annihilate all the other grasshoppers grasshoppers yeah like to the point where they study it right dude (laughs) dude female prime praying mantises certain species of them eat their male counterpart after they breed yep like could you imagine (laughs) <laughs> wow i mean just think about that in, in terms of of being human it's like wow okay that that would make make you second guess that one night stand <laughs> yeah and we're we're upset like, oh, about not getting a call be. back you know right right or um the one that i really put how tame we are into perspective is like when men male lions grow up and are time to move out of their pride they go find another pride and they compete with that pride's dominant male and they fight and kill them. Yeah. And when they take over that pride, oftentimes they'll even kill all of the cubs in that tribe because it triggers 
the uh, reproductive system oh, within yeah. the female lion yeah. to have more cubs yeah. so their lineage can continue. Heard that. So to think again, to bring it into human reality, it's like, could you imagine breaking into a guy's house that's mm-hmm. married with kids, killing him and kids. his children just so you could be with his wife and her be happy with it and have more kids with you? And it just, and everybody just go along. Like, what the fuck? That really like blew my mind and put it into perspective. Like, we aren't as violent as I have perceived, you know, maybe other people have a wider understanding of, of actual violence and have thought more deeply into it. But man, just diving into it this past week has really opened my eyes. Like who maybe we're not that bad. There are some violent species out there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they're not conscious of it for them. It's a, it's a, a means to survival. It's a, it's a evolutionary thing where, Hey, you know, well, this man just killed, my man and my kids. So he's going to produce better men. So my lineage can continue. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's all a primal primal evolutionary thing. And Mm -hmm. I think sometimes as humans, we forget about that aspect of ourselves and, and, you know, they used to have like gladiators and, you know, fight to the death type stuff. And that's another thing that I discovered. What? Violence has actually been on a decline for a very long time. Yeah, it used, well, it used to be fight to the death. Right, yeah. for entertainment. Yeah. That's not even for for evolutionary purposes. Yeah. That's, hey, you're a slave, and to entertain me while I drink my wine and eat my bread, you're going to kill gonna, each other. Yeah, you're going to fight to the death. Dude, what the... F- like, so... It's pretty violent. Yeah, man. It's like how how... It's hard to understand in this day and age how humans could sit around and do that yeah, and be entertained by it. And, and to take it a, a layer deeper and even darker, it's mm. like, dude, at a point in our history, we were burning people alive in front of a whole town and cheering it on. Like it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's interesting. What's coming to mind right now is that's, I mean, that's one of the main um, episodes in squid game is later on, like in the show, there's a group of VIPs that come to this arena where they're doing all this, you know, killing each other. And then they obviously the VIPs have all this money and they pay to watch them kill each other. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's to like me, a fascinating thing. Yeah. And, and and you could almost say like it's fascinating that people choose to watch that stuff, too. Because of the premise of it. Yeah. That's almost like a form of violence too. And it, being entertained by violence. It is. You know, and I I think some of that programming is is set up to desensitize us to it. Yeah. You know, and because you see all the time online stories of people, there'll be somebody getting viciously attacked and instead of the fifteen people around them helping, they've got their fucking phones out videotaping. It's like what the fuck? I guess it's almost like a gladiator sense like it's an entertainment it's, value. So, I mean, I guess it's just evolved. <laughs> yeah, there's also a primal aspect to that, too. Um, I don't remember exactly the term, but uh, I feel like it's in that new book that I got. Um, but they talk about this mentality where there is a... They talk about this mentality where when there's a group of people... yeah they're far less likely to do anything about mm-hmm. what's actually going on. I, I can't remember what the phenomenon is called, but, oh, shit. Um, I know what you're talking about. but yeah, that, that's a thing, man. And dude, I mean, that's, 
that's not on our side at all because there's groups of people everywhere now. I mean, you know, and then, and then also your phone is the biggest group available. So it's like, I yeah. don't know, that kind of made sense to me. Uh, no, it absolutely makes sense because we are so like sheltered in our own judgments of ourselves. And, um, you know, so to kind of touch into that for me, part of my journey of finding inner peace was understanding my capacity for violence like really understanding uh, where that violence could come from, you know, and looking at that. And, you know, I think that that kind of plays into it because a lot of people don't understand the capacity to violence. So they're like, oh, well, I don't know what to do or, or have no history of committing any violent acts. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's yeah. what I mean by like knowing my capacity for violence, because, you know, obviously I was in the military for a long time and, mm -hmm. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of violence in the sure. military, whether it be actual combat or just 65 alpha males beating the shit out of each other for no apparent reason, because you know, you got to assert the dominance. Right. So I think when people don't have that and never express violence, except from within themselves, they keep that in and they, and they don't, you know, maybe that's a poor tie in. I don't know if that's, if that's connecting, but that's where, where I went with it. I never really thought of it like that. You know? Yeah. I mean... Either that or on the flip side, people have been so trauma traumatized by violence when they see it, they're like, oh, shit, I'm not getting involved in that. Yeah, you know? completely. Yeah, the other way. Because it's like, you know, I, I mean, I was also uh, a violent person, um, so I can understand my capability of... Of violence as well um so yeah i wonder what people that haven't experienced violence i wonder how you know how they get that out i mean you know yeah i don't know or maybe they don't and maybe that's maybe that's part of the lack of action is just not knowing not knowing how to react in a violent situation yeah i don't yeah. know that's interesting man yeah i think um I think learning about like the different types of, of violence also helped me understand just how big like it really is. I mean, especially today, like self-directed violence. I mean, a lot of people, uh, some people, I always say it, I say a lot, a lot. Um, but suicide is more prevalent these days. Self-abuse. More violent suicides. Self-mutilation, I mean, it, it's, I feel like it's, it's just running rampant. Like, um, I don't know, collective, I mean, I feel like it's just a whirlwind of, of, of violence at this point. Yeah. Um, collective, interpersonal, all kinds of family stuff. And I, I don't know, just, it's weird. Yeah. You know, I, I think too, nowadays it's, it's more in our face. You know, it's that, that is kind of one of the questions that I wanted to get to is like, do you, do you think it's more prevalent today? Like, or do you think it's just more in our face yeah. today? You know, I, maybe both. I think maybe more prevalent in a sense that there are 7.9 billion people on earth. And yeah. that's the greatest number we've ever seen on earth, obviously. Yeah. Um, so the fact that there's more people and we're more on top of each other, yeah. um, I think also, um, 
again, going back to politics and uh, the ego's drive to control and manipulate and and be on top yeah. has led to a lot of violence, especially as of late. Yeah. Um, but then I go back and I dive into this topic and I start researching and I watch this TED talk with a guy, I forget his name. I want to say his last name was Stinker, but that sounds ridiculous to me. Steven Pinker. Was it? I mean, that's a that's a popular name in this field. Long gray hair. Mm, I think so. Maybe, but he talks about and he has all the criminology. So yeah, stinker pinker. Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, we won't go down that rabbit hole, but uh, <laughs> Samsonite, right? Whale, Swanee, Swampson. Um, but yeah, he he talks about and shows like the charts, and, and they buy um, per capita crime, violent crime has gone down over the years, and he even talks about. You know, there were civilizations that you would steal a loaf of bread and they would pull your pull you apart with four horses. Mm -hmm. You know why everybody watched like tie your limbs up and rip literally rip you in half. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, mm -hmm. it's like, could you imagine that? I mean, I'm sure there's some really dark atrocities that happen around the world that aren't in the media because of the extremity of it. But uh, for the most part, that kind of counteracts again how I've always thought like, man, it's really prevalent now. It's, yeah, I mean, I don't know why this is coming to mind, but Christopher Columbus, I mean, he was a dick, right? Like, I mean, he yeah. was a pretty violent person. So I've person. heard. Like, it's, it's been around for a long time. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, today, it's just, I think it's a different, I don't know, different kind. I mean, I don't, yeah. I don't know. But You know, I think, I think it all just really stems from the ego, and that's human experience, but one of the questions I posted on the social media page um, and that I have for you, do you think violence is necessary in human reality? Man, I don't know. I mean, like the personal stories of violence that I, like that I know of and that I've heard, it's just like no, none of that has ever been good. But then also to really answer your question, what, what would we gauge and how would we ever bounce back? Yeah. You know, I mean, how it, would we find peace if violence is just violence and it only exists and what, what else is there? I mean, yeah. How would we find peace? Mm -hmm. It's a really good point. It, yeah. and, and where I was going is like, none, none of the situations have ever been good, like, right. you know? So like mathematically it's like, no, <laughs> No, you wouldn't want violence ever. Yeah. But it, I think it has to happen. I mean, you know, just in, I mean, just in society today, like if violence wasn't around, I mean, we, we wouldn't have cops. Yeah. Or okay. they, or maybe we, the cops be, would actually be serving. And it, yeah. Oh no, I mean, like this show, you know? Oh yeah. Saying, yeah. Oh, the show. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the show cops. That was a very general statement there. Um, <laughs> And that was a joke, and it and it shouldn't have been. It's just like, you know, there's violence everywhere, like whether it's the actual violence happening or the violence that we buy into, like your point, like with Squid Game and all these other different... I mean, I just asked Miko what he wanted to watch, if he wanted to watch cartoons or crime shows. Right. Right before we came <laughs> in here. Right. You know, see? So it's just like... And I was like, crime shows. Yeah. And, you know, so, Turn on crime shows for Miki. Uh, so it's, you know, 
the violence that's happening or the violence we're buying into, violence we're creating within ourselves. Um, just have you know, just being with that stuff too much. I mean, all kinds of balance in that. But yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, if there could be two answers, I'd say both, man. Yeah. Like, no, you definitely don't want violence, but. Yes, but sometimes it's it, necessary. But right? Yes, you got to have it. Yeah. Another TED Talk that I was watching on violence, the guy talks about. Um, so if a guy breaks in a woman's house and, and she attacks him, trying to defend herself and kids and scratches him, and he picks up the knife and stabs her with it and kills her, yeah. he should go to prison for life, if not face the death penalty. Yeah, this is Steven Pinker. Oh, you saw the same yeah, one. Yeah, listen to it. Go ahead. Okay, but then he says, flip that around. Mm-hmm. Guy breaks into the house, and the woman picks up the knife and stabs him and kills him. Mm-hmm. She did a wonderful job. Same violent act of plunging a knife into somebody, but totally different perspectives on how that's received by the collective. Just because it was a man doing one stabbing and the woman doing... Uh, well, that and he... He initiated the violence with breaking into the house. Right. So I don't know. I just, it brought up a, an interesting thing is how we view violence and what we accept as okay. Like, well, this is okay violence. This yeah. is not okay violence. So yeah. it kind of talks to the point of do we need violence? No, we don't need violence mm-hmm. unless violence happens to you, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. <laughs> because that's and then it's your only option and then and and i think he says that and then he it's does your only option he does yeah absolutely he yeah. says when violence is an option then, it's your only then option it's your only option yeah which that's debatable too because i don't know today i i used a quote and this is a quote that i love and i use all the time it's better to be a warrior in the garden than a gardener at war so to me that goes back to knowing your capacity for violence, if ever necessary, to yeah. defend who and what you love and what you stand for and the boundaries, you know, from an invading force, whether that's a war or somebody just trying to commit harm to you. Mm-hmm. So, man, yeah. I don't know. It's a, it's a very, very interesting topic. What um, do you remember early on, like? Are there any violent situations that you either saw or watched in a movie that was like one of the opening thing, like opening your eyes to violence? Like, oh my God, this is scary or exciting or whatever you felt. You know what I mean? Like, was there, was there an incident that you would care to share? You know, I know that's probably a personal question for a lot of people. So, yeah, I mean, um, for sure. Uh, there were a couple, but the one I'm going to share is um, one night I had, so early on, you said. Um, uh, whenever, whenever. Yeah, yeah, so okay. So one night I had went out to uh, a bar with a girlfriend of mine when I lived up in Dayton. And um, this was during my heyday, like, you know, going out and partying was like my thing. I re- loved it. Just a totally different person. I mean super violent when I would get drunk and um, very loud, very obnoxious and just, it, yeah, it was a bad scene. So uh, very egotistical. And 
So we, I don't even remember what happened, but we were walking home. I lived close to the bar and we were walking home and three, this is what she told me the next day. And I had the, <laughs> the proof. She, uh, there were three dudes walking and I was walking home with her. Good looking girl. They said something to her and she said that I basically didn't say anything at all. Um, maybe there was some stuff going on again. It's kind of fuzzy. But basically, the gist of it is was that I was fighting them no matter what. Three dudes, just me, and her. And I, I didn't think for once how crazy that was going to be for her to even see. Mm-hmm. Didn't even think about her at all. Or what happened. I had no clue what happened after that. Because, I, dude, I got the shit beat out of me. Rightfully so. And I have no clue what happened. So the next day, she like got me up, like, you know, I, I, I still can't imagine what that was like for her. She told me, but it was, um, it was a long time ago. And I got up the next day, and there was blood all over my pillows. No, oh, yeah. And I woke up, and I was like, oh, my God. I was like, what is this? She's like, you, have, you don't remember? And I was like, no, like I felt my face. I knew something had happened, right. you know, I was like, no, what? And she told me. And, um, that's when I was like, fuck man. Like this is real. Yeah. This the is the violence. This within is bad. You mean. Oh yeah. The yeah. violence within me is real. Yeah. Like that is, that's not good. I knew it before, but then, but then something changed. Like it, it wasn't at that moment, but like a light flickered on of like, like you really scared somebody else right like there was somebody there that like that was i mean that had to have been violent for her to see like mm-hmm. she was at absolutely zero help you know like, right I mean, duh, you know right right like so she was just helpless there like watching that happen so that was the first time that ever occurred to me like oh man somebody else cares about what's going on like yeah i don't know so, kind of yeah. like, what have I done? Yeah, acts and- I I had knew way before that that there was violence in me. I mean, I saw it from a very young age. In, the, in yourself or in your life? In my life. Okay. It, um, you know, I I only did what I knew. Mm-hmm. So I think we can all relate to that, right? So very early on, I mean, I. I didn't witness it, but I remember, I mean, watching, (laughs) I just, I'm careful about this because like we we just have such a great relationship now that like, I don't, I don't want to stir anything up, but like, you know, so I, I mean, I watched, I watched people get beat up at my house. Yeah. I mean, I didn't physically watch it, but like I was told to go in rooms like you could hear the violence. Yeah. I mean, so it's there. Mm. and so you know when you're there it's kind of like the crime shows going on outside like it's just you know you're like oh okay after a while you start to become desensitized just starts to get comfortable Mm. you know you just you start to see it and and it was i mean i you know like i in my 20s i did the exact same thing i just didn't have a kid you know like i went out to bars like and and my parents didn't do that i'm not saying that but i I acted crazy, right? So violent towards they're, other. So they're no, they're they're no different than me. It <clears> just, <throat> it just was what it was, and that and that's 
that's what I saw, whether it was physical or even uh, emotional stuff going on as well. But I knew it was in me from from the very beginning. Um, I knew that, well, I found out that alcohol is something that it, that fuels me. Just That is literally worse than putting gasoline on a fire. Like, it's instant. Mm-hmm. Now, I can have a drink or whatever, and that's fine. That's cool. You know that. But, like, if it gets to pass that, it's over with. I don't know if I would ever be that way today because we were pretty stinking happy at my wedding. Oh yeah, dude. and I know we got pretty drunk. Oh yeah, that was a that was a great night. <laughs> so that was the last time that I have gotten drunk, I believe. I meant there might have been another time. I think it was at a July Fourth party that we went to. But yeah, but you you see what I'm saying here? Yeah. So yeah. it's like you've changed but, and grown a lot. Yeah, but my point is, I don't, I don't, I don't ever want to make that fuel back on the fire again like that's just not where i am today yeah and i know that that's what fueled a lot of my it just went it just went hand in hand with my ego and what i was doing at that time and it just fueled the fire so i don't i don't ever want to go back to that place yeah because of that yeah you know with your fight with the three guys that was almost like a territorial thing like like a protector thing for sure males are protectors so yeah. you you now I'm not saying hey go out and fight people that say something to your girl that's not what I'm saying at all but when you have that inhibition blown with the blown to the wind with alcohol yeah. Yeah. it's like that primal like that's my turf yeah you know not not to be possessive towards women but I, I hope you understand my point um, it especially as teenagers you you talked about ego and. And our egos are so fragile as, as young men in this society, especially when we're told not to feel emotions. Um, so when we do feel emotions, we tr- channel them all towards anger and violence. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, fuck you. What'd you say? Yeah. You know, that hurt my feelings, but I'm going to fight you instead of crying. <laughs> you know, there, there was no, there was no, I mean, no crying. Like I probably, I mean, I know I cried by myself, but I didn't, I, I was not like I am today with my friends. Right. For sure. Yeah. There was no, I didn't know how to talk about it. Right. So you're right, man. I mean, I would literally show people I cared about them by fighting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's kind of, it's, it's almost too ritualistic for teenage boys to fight for, it's almost like a rite of passage. into manhood at least um you know because at least in our society a lot of cultures around the world still have rituals like introducing little boys into manhood Mm -hmm. and i I feel like in our society we've kind of gotten away from that like leap into manhood Mm -hmm. maybe and i I think fighting and and proving yourself physically capable of defending yourself and whatever it else may be I, i think that's almost like a an instinctual rite of passage that we don't consciously think of like that, but I think it that could play into it. You know what I'm saying? Like Absolutely. establishing yourself in the world and a stronghold on who you want to be and who you are. Because you know, as teenagers, we all want to be the strong male. You yeah. know, at least at least I did. I don't know. Yeah. I can only speak from my experience, but um, I think, like you said, it goes into just like that primal experience of being, you know, the dominant force and. Like this whole thing with, you know, having a community and being the provider and um, 
being able to, you know, like on the women's side, being able to birth a child and, and stuff like that. I think it's very primal and rich, like you said, ritualistic. Yeah. There are parts of the world that still solve their problems by fighting. Yeah. They have festivals where they tribes join up and beat the shit out of each other. Mm-hmm. And then they share a meal and then they, yep. that's how they settle their year long dispute or whatever yep. it may be. So yeah. I've heard of that when the year long dispute, like they call people out and yeah. they're like, Hey, I'm caught like I'm, gonna call you out at this festival like right yeah and then it's all it's all said and done that's that's it yeah that's crazy to me i mean it it's great yeah right i would like to know what the um i'd like to just know what the the violence in overall in general what it what it's like there yeah like the rest of the 364 days yeah maybe that's like a purge type day exactly so i would say is like is it a whole lot calmer there yeah. Is there a lot more, you know, homicides? Like, are they killing people there? I mean, is it, are they, you know, are they doing domestic violence? I mean, are they, do they have child abuse? I mean, what, like, how is this affecting them? It's got to be. Right. They're able to get it out. Yeah. Yeah. In, in a way that's accepted. It doesn't yeah, carry I mean, a heavy, heavy connotation. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like, it's like today's UFC. Yeah. In a way. Yeah, it's it's funny that that you mentioned gladiators because I think that's what Justin Gaethje referred to after his fight with Michael Chandler. Yeah, uh, he said we sh- we sh- we live in another time. He said we sh- we would have been gladiators. Oh yeah, in his interview yeah. right after the fight, he said, "Yeah, uh, yeah, dude. yeah, the- that w- yeah with <sighs> Rogan." Yeah, man, those some bad dudes. That was a really great fight too. Mm-hmm. That was a really great fight. Um. You know, kind of going back, and one thing that Pinker talks about. Steven Pinker. Yeah, Steven Pinker. That's what Steven Yeah, yeah, Steven Pinker. Yeah, you were close. Okay, now now I'm piecing it together. Um, He talks about, you know, a a lot of the downfall or the, the decline in violence started with the age of reason. And to get, uh, to get into what I view from the metaphysical side of that is when we start a new um, era of human consciousness, you know, they call some call the dark ages um, and moving into the age of reasoning or the age of enlightenment, you know, for me, those dark ages start in the root chakra and the root chakra is fight or flight and uh, survival, Mm -hmm. you know, and as we ascend and and climb that ladder and, and understand those energies that are in those chakras, um, we evolve. And so I think to me, metaphysically, that leads to the decline because as we evolve and we get into the age of enlightenment, people are understanding who they are and understanding that you don't need to be violence, mm-hmm. violent to prove who you are. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think, I think to me that that kind of goes hand in hand with your chakra and your chakras and your energy centers. Um, you know, in the dark ages and the different ages that we go through in human consciousness. So it's pretty interesting stuff. If if you get into metaphysical understandings of things, it's like, oh, that makes complete fucking sense. Does that mean like, so does that mean like people's root chakra is just off balance right now? Um, Maybe not so much right now. I mean, every individual is different, but collectively, I think we're getting a little out of balance with it, with all the fear and the um, propaganda around the virus. And um, it, it's really hard to say. Possibly. Yeah. You know? 
possibly. But I also think collectively we're in such an age of understanding and an age of reasoning. Hence the the somewhat I hate to say lack of violence. But if you look back, I think Pinker's study went back to like the 1600s, mm-hmm. um, and we're really at one of the lowest points in that time period mm-hmm. of that violence. So I think the lack of violence is a, um, a testament to people being aligned and um, yeah. open to those higher energies. Yeah. You know? It is kind so. of amazing that we just don't flip out on each other all the time Yeah, and keep it together pretty yeah. much most of the time. Yeah. You know, and it, yeah, it comes with understanding and, and studying ourselves and enlightenment. Mm-hmm. I mean, if if you think of enlightenment as a sense of having the information or understanding how to call in the information, I mean, shit, we have cell phones that have all the information in the world. No matter what you believe, you can find something on your phone mm-hmm. that will support what you believe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so um, just that that deeper deeper understanding of, of who we are and what we're capable of, I think keeps our lower energy centers in balance. Mm -hmm. So I guess, I guess with that being said, I think we're pretty, our, our energy centers, our lower energy centers are, are pretty much in balance collectively. So I don't know. It's an interesting topic to, to think about for me, (coughs) excuse me, (coughs) For me, the the violence was something that I don't remember specifically in my house, um, but having a relationship with my mom and healing that relationship with my mom over the years, um, there was violence in my house. And I don't remember a lot of it because I think maybe I probably blocked it out. Plus, I was young. Yeah. You know, it was from five and younger. Mm Mm-hmm. So I, I think that capacity within myself was again like what I was absorbing in my home. Yeah, you know whether it be verbal violence or uh, physical violence. You know, and and you don't have to see physical violence to know it happened. Right. Because it, it, especially kids, kids are so absorbent of energies and can feel and sense energies. Like you walk in a room where there's been violence, you're like, oh shit, what the fuck just happened in here? Yeah. Ooh, it's a dirty feeling yeah. atmosphere. Yeah, you just don't feel welcome. Right. Not a, not a very warm, pleasant feeling. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Man, you know, and, and to touch on the alcohol, man, that's a that's a huge one in our society, and I feel like that's probably, uh, again, I, I'm a conspiracy theorist, and I, I look at things in a, in a different lens and maybe a jaded lens, but um, one of the reasons alcohol is legal because it does like throw our inhibitions and our, and our reasoning and and our moral compass kind of out the window. Yeah. You know, because there are so many things that are illegal that are beneficial to us, but here's this drug that inhibits people's judgment and moral decisions and hey, you can get it on every block. Right. <laughs> you know? I mean, it's it's the butt end of every joke, you know, when you wake up the next day. Like, oh, I was drunk. Yeah, and that's a fucking horrible excuse that I use every weekend almost, you know? Oh, I really did that? Ha, 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 I was drunk. Like, that's not a ha, ha, ha thing. No. (laughs) You fought your best friend, you know? What the fuck? Yeah, not a a good thing at all. That happened to me. Yeah. I did that. 
and worse. Yeah, for man. sure. Yeah, yeah physically and emotionally. Hmm. To men and women. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I see. I've always I've got my fair share of fights when I was a teenager, but my I've always had trouble being open to women, and. You know, for me and this kind of, it's not really in line with violence, but it's what's coming up for me is I always had blamed my mother for the men leaving in my life. And I'm, I'm starting to realize that now over the past few years when I really started to dive into a lot of my, my issues and uh, the way I view the world, mm-hmm. I always blamed her. So I had that like unspoken violence towards my mother mm-hmm. and closed off towards my mother in a sense where I it I found my relationships with women in my life very difficult because it was hard for me to open up mm-hmm. to those women because I I had a I, I guess violence not the right word but like a very closed off pessimistic view of of how women viewed men. Yeah, I mean, I would say that I would say that's a emotion a, a violent emotional way to look at it. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and. and I saw my dad in this golden light Mm -hmm. and here this woman, my mother, who I viewed in a golden light until I started hearing her speak poorly of this other person Mm -hmm. that I viewed in a golden light. It's like, wait a second. My dad's a saint. Mm -hmm. Now I understand relationships are, this is when I was a child and Mm -hmm. this was like how I started to view women over my childhood and growing up. And, um, so once I became an adult, it made it so difficult for me to connect with women in my life, whether it be friends or, um, intimate intimacy, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't know, you know, I always had this jaded view because it's like, man, women don't appreciate what men do. And so I, I found myself attracting women that didn't appreciate me for, for who I am. You know, I'm not perfect by any means. I have my flaws and, you know, I continue to work on them and address them just like anybody else. But it was like creating that reality for myself. It's like, man, I, I view women as not viewing men well. So here I am attracting women that don't view men well. Interesting. Yeah. And, and I, it's kind of off the topic of violence. But speaking of violence within the home, that's kind of where my mind went with that. So. Yeah, it's it's been a it's been a pretty incredible growing process and healing process with my mom and we're doing well and man it feels good, man. It feels good to open up. It feels feels really good. Yeah, I would say that um in relation to that, I th- I think I think it's actually very related to to violence cuz yeah. uh, there's a popular term these days which can really be taken out of context and put into other things, but like, you know, silence is violence. And like, so when you're silent, it is a form of violence in that context. Right. Like when, you know, when you don't, when you don't open up. Oh yeah. 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 I see. Beautiful man. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And that's what I was. I was silent. You know, I didn't, I didn't really ever have much to say to my mom over the years. You know, it was always Chad. Why don't you come around more? Why don't we talk more? My, my friend's sons call them all the time. And it's like, really until I started doing my own inner work and started asking the questions of the universe. Like, why am I like this? Mm -hmm. Like, why do I have this? Like, 
almost like a resentment towards my mother because mm-hmm. here it was my my biological father leaves when I'm five and from all the pictures and what my mom tells me him and I were best friends like me and Cole are you mm-hmm. know now was he the most righteous model of how to be a man also are, from are the pictures and stuff right right but there were acts of violence that sure. you know I probably absorbed I but hear I, you. I, yeah, you know, but I, but I also looked at her as the one that pushed, pushed him out. You know, I didn't do anything as a five-year-old. Mm-hmm. Why'd you make my dad leave? Mm-hmm. And then fast forward to when, um, who I consider my father, the Ron man, my mom and him got divorced. And, um, again, that triggered that, like, yeah. Why? I wasn't even living at the house then. Mm-hmm. And it still like brought all of that back up. Like, why, why are you making these men leave my life? Yeah. And you know, it's relationships are two way streets and my mom and I, have, and I have had this conversation and forgiveness and tears and everything shed. And man, it's, uh, it's been a journey to heal from that violence mm-hmm. within myself and within my relationship with my mother because man, it's still tough. Yeah, it's still tough to this day. You know, I, I, I don't want to lead on like I'm completely healed from the wounds that women in my life have caused. You know, um, because I've let other women in my life as close friends and um, have been really cut deep. You know, because I did work so hard to let women in my life. That when I let them in, and two of them specifically, you know, they were in my home all the time, like really, really close to me and um, just totally betrayed me and then used my own character traits to demonize me and why to justify why they acted the way they did. Yeah. You know, and that to me, that's unacceptable. Mm-hmm. And I and I cut them out of my life and, and that was hard and it almost closed me back up. Yeah. Like, bro. You let women in and see what happened. They're trying to demonize you. Mm-hmm. They're trying to demonize you after yeah. you open your home to them. And that like, come on, man. So, so you were in, you felt like you were now in that position. Yeah. You know? Yeah, man. You were no longer the observer of it. You were in it. Yeah, absolutely, man. And I, I, f- I felt so jaded and I still feel jaded about it because it's like, and it's not because it's women. It started off that way. But now it's just because it was two people that I opened up to and, and and I still love them. I love, I love unconditionally. I can understand why people do things they, they do because I sit with it a lot. Mm. And I ask the questions like, why would they do that? Why, why is this happening? Why is this happening? I ask a lot of questions. So I have my answers for the questions, Mm. but it doesn't make it any easier to be like, dude, what the fuck? You know? Mm -hmm. So yeah, I have a lot of, I have a lot of inner violence towards the feminine, really. You know, now that we're just like airing it out and talking about it, this wasn't really part of what I planned to talk about, but it feels good. Like a, it's it's part of the it's part of the intrapersonal violence. Yeah, uh, it's it's part of the three types. Um, when it's broken down, there are three types of them. That's a very heavy one, like family, intimate partner, child abuse. Um, all that, you know, psychological controlling behaviors, all that goes into that, dude. Yeah. Huge part of violence. Yeah. Huge part, dude. I mean, 
you talked about violence still being tough for you today in a familial sense like shit dude like every time i talk to my dad i think of the last violent event that we had it's been a long time and it'll never go back to that point but i mean dude one of the last times we ever you know encountered each other was extremely violent and uh yeah so i think about it all the time it's happened then happened when i was a kid happened won't happen anymore but right yeah it's 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 tough even when it doesn't exist it's still the like the thoughts still occur yeah yeah so the violence is just transformed from the physical to almost like the psychological violence you know like the trauma yeah the trauma that that's experienced with those violent situations yep and you know, while we're on this, and then talk therapy has, has helped me through that mm-hmm. and various other things and tools. Forgiveness, and I'm sure. That Forgiving. Was, that was the very first one. Hmm. Amen. Was forgiveness. Yeah. And not only for him, but for myself. Yeah. Didn't understand that. Right. Yeah. That, yeah, for me, that's, that's the most important. When, when we forgive somebody... We sever that energy tie. And I know you and I have talked about forgiveness at great length and shared stories of forgiveness that we've had in our lives. But so when we experience trauma, we, we create this, not we, but the event and the happening creates like this trauma bond and this attachment to this person and to this event. And and when we don't forgive, we keep that connection and that energy tie alive you know, because holding on to that and not forgiving will continue to drain your energy and continue to drain you emotionally. And it can be very difficult. It can be a lifetime of, of heartache and and pain. It it can be a lifetime of heartache. It can be a lifetime of pain, a lifetime of aggression. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's what I felt a lot was aggression and I let myself just go absolutely bananas on aggression yeah so do you, do you have anything that you channel your aggression towards now or do you feel aggressive now or i don't feel aggressive now yeah yeah i i i, di- I don't put myself in situations where where violence can occur often right i mean one of the biggest places was the bar scene for me oh yeah for for, mo- for a yeah. lot of males so i mean like i've completely taken myself out of that situation i don't feel very violent these days i mean Again, I, I don't put myself in many situations where that occurs, but no, um, I felt <laughs> I've had some violent thoughts the past few weeks. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. some very some very violent thoughts. <laughs> I can I can only imagine it and guess exactly what that's pertaining to because we probably shared some of the same violent thoughts mm-hmm. and even had conversation about those violent thoughts. Yeah. So, yeah, man, it's um, I I feel like I've really gotten away from it. I think a lot of the violence that I experience now within my own life is that that interpersonal violence of, and it's not, it's not on a high range or a high scale of violence you know it's it's very mild like as far as like hey get your ass to the gym Mm -hmm. no i don't want to go to the gym today i'm not going to do that you know that type of interpersonal violence but um 
it's been a long journey of, of loving sure. myself and discovering who I want to be, who I uh, strive to be, who mm-hmm. I'm going to be, mm-hmm. you know, so and really getting clear with that and releasing all the shit that doesn't get me there, mm-hmm. which includes that violence. It does. You know, and, and to go back to how I started to heal with my mother, even things or with the feminine energy in general, I even make it even more broad is I started to understand the feminine energy and how you can exercise that. Like creativity is free flowing and that is a divine feminine trait, Mm -hmm. you know, and we all have feminine and masculine energy within us. It's Mm -hmm. not a male or female thing. It's masculine and feminine. Your feminine is creative. Your, your masculine is rigid and straight to the point. So starting to do things that could exercise my feminine energy, like creating, like coloring, mm-hmm. like dancing, like free-flowing creative arts that I never had in my life because I was so masculine-driven and out of balance with my masculine energy. And then I just perpetuated by going into the Marine Corps. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a very masculine, rigid thing. There's not a lot of creativity. You're told exactly what to do. You have a schedule for everything. There's not much room for feminine energy mm-hmm. within the within the military. So... Um, just understanding how to start to process and, and open up those channels through things you can physically do help me emotionally along with the process to move that energy and get that energy flowing within my life. So something to be mindful of if I know there's, I know I'm not alone with people that struggle men that struggle with, uh, intimate relationships with women, whether it be a, a mother issue or somebody that, no, a first love or whatever it may be that created that trauma for you. Um, a lot of men probably, well, I won't say probably again, there's a, the, a lot word. Yeah. I say a lot. Some yeah. men probably have issues opening up to women because of the hurt they've experienced with mm-hmm. women. So, mm-hmm. um, something to keep in mind, coloring, singing, creating, it will help you move that that feminine energy and get those things moving again in your life. So, little tip that I found along the way that that's really helped me. So, I don't do it often, but coloring is one of my favorite activities. Mm-hmm. I enjoy it. It's very peaceful. It's very um, meditation esque. Yeah, it very is very meditative. I agree with that. Yeah. Absolutely, man. I, I love it. And it's something I do with the kids at work, you know, when, when I'm not going to get through to them by getting on a soapbox and, Hey, this is something you could do. We should look at this. We could look at this. Hey, you guys want color? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I think that one way I continue to, to still work on my, on my violence side is like, like the whole silence is violence kind of thing. Like, especially for me, like I learned from a very young age, like silence is good. Mm-hmm. Like, just don't say anything at all. Just kind of go with the flow, but it's not. No. So like being silent is something that if I continue to do, I'll continue to in my own way. think that like it's violent towards myself and other people because it's like not getting it out. Right. And that just creates inner turmoil. Absolutely. And inner and outer you know yeah. it's like people are on you to see what's going on dude. right so so yeah i have been working on that 
thoroughly and and I will. That's one of those things that's stuck really deep for me. Yeah. Yeah. But by doing that, and Kayla helps me with that all the time. Yeah. And and you know what? I think I think it's beautiful that our relationship, you and I, because we come from opposite ends of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. I have overly used my voice most mm-hmm. of my life and and you've been silent. So yeah. um you showing me, hey, sometimes it's better to be quiet and yeah. me showing you like, hey, sometimes it's good to use your voice yeah. so you don't create that violence. Yeah. So so having people in your life that balance you and, and if you really pay attention and, and get deep with who you are and the people around you, who they are, you'll see that the universe puts people in your life to bring you balance. Yeah. So understanding the lessons that people are bringing to you within the relationships and the different dynamics that you experience is it's a really powerful tool for evolution and, and self-development. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate you for that. Likewise. Um, and, and to go back and kind of touch on that. Mm-hmm. So after last episode, Eric gave me a compliment. And <laughs> um, part of my interpersonal violence is I have come to understand and a lot of the understanding came from when he called me out, but I have a very hard time graciously accepting a compliment um, because, well, for one reason, I know I've had a strong ego in the past. So now it almost feels like e- too egoic for me to be like, oh, thanks, man. I know I'm great. Mm. Um, so I deflect by either giving a compliment back or, Um, In this case, he said, hey, man, I really uh, appreciate and enjoyed what you brought to the table tonight. Great job. And I just put we, you know, I deflected by bringing him into it and saying we did it. Um, And he called me out. He's like, dude, you don't have to correct me. You can compliment me back if you want. Mm -hmm. But I gave you a compliment. And I was like, holy fuck. I've never had anybody call me out like that. You know, And, and I realized right then it's like. I deflect a lot of compliments by, by doing that, Yeah, you know? Yeah. And the only reason I did it because the wave started with another person. Yeah. You know, I read that book from Jason Wilson and that's where the wave started for me. Yeah. I was like, dude, I don't really accept compliments. Like I do, but then I immediately turn it back around and be like, yeah, thanks for whatever you did too. Right. Just so I can make someone not feel small. Yeah. That's my immediate instinct. Yeah. So now it's more like, thank you. Right. I appreciate that. Right. Uh, Huge lessons for us both, man. For sure. And and again, opposite ends of the spectrum Mm -hmm. almost because you're trying not to make them feel small and I'm trying not to make myself feel big. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) (laughs) It's really beautiful how life works, man. (laughs) So, um, and, and, I, I appreciate the relationship we have and the balance yeah, that we I love bring you, to I love you too, brother. Yeah. Uh, it means a lot to me. And uh, the accountability that, that we have. Yeah. And it's such an underappreciated thing in our lives because people are so indirect and, and passive with their communication. Uh, and, and, you know, you don't, you, it's hard to hold people accountable because a lot of times accountability is not received well. You know, a lot of times accountability can feel like an attack. It can feel like, um, uh, I don't know, whatever it may feel like to you, it, it can feel, if there's truth in it, it stings. Yeah. 
It stings. Yeah. If you're not willing to look at your own toxic behavior and somebody tries to hold you accountable, you're like, fuck you. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so it, it's so important to have people in your life to hold you accountable to a higher standard, hold you accountable to the best version of you. Mm-hmm. You know, not calling you out to show you up, but calling you out to, to hey, man, I know you can do better. Yeah. I love you and I want to see you do better. Mm-hmm. You know, and we don't, accountability is lost, man. It's lost a lot in our society, and it starts from the top down. I mean, you see it in in the government, there's no accountability, and and, and all the way down to municipalities and and little things. It's like, man, nobody's held accountable. Like, bro, that's you. You did that. Mm. Just take your lumps and learn. Move on. It's not that big of a deal. You fighting it is making it worse. You know? It makes it it worse. It's like, you know, and it pushes people out of your life, you know, and I've learned that the hard way because a lot of people have called me out on shit throughout my time in my life. And I'm like, fuck you. I don't need you in my life. Mm-hmm. But really, and if I go back and look at it, it's like they were absolutely Man, right. Were and right. you just pushed a good person out of your life because you didn't want to you didn't want to sit in your own truth. Yeah, did that a whole bunch. <laughs> you didn't want to sit in your own truth. Yeah. And so. Your, my call to action for that is if you're getting triggered by people holding you accountable, there's probably something to it. The triggers are your guides to self-inquiry and self-growth and evolution within yourself. Because if somebody says something like, Eric, you're X, Y, Z, and there's no merit in it, and Eric knows who he is, I'm like, yeah, whatever, dude. But if, if Y was true, he's like, fuck you. And, and yeah. you know, the natural instinct is to get defensive mm-hmm. because it sucks. It hurts. It's like, oh, shit. That's true. Mm-hmm. But if it's completely false, you're like, eh, whatever. <laughs> so yeah. if you're getting triggered, it's something to look at. Yep. So in a triggered society, we got a lot of healing to do, a lot of accountability, self-accountability, which is tough. It's, it's, it's for, for me, um, triggers are things like like light switches that go on. You know, I think for me at least, like, triggers like has such this like negative connotation mm-hmm. again it's almost like a guilt thing mm-hmm. like am i you know like am i doing this to myself mm-hmm. kind of thing like fuck, triggered again like you know i don't know it for me it just holds a lot of stuff like and so like like light switches go on like where i'm like oh that doesn't feel good yeah <laughs> see you know that and that speaks to your growth and, and to your your self-inquiry that you've been doing over the yeah. the last few years, because when those triggers first started, before you started this journey of self-improvement, that light was probably more like a, a, a hazard strobe yeah. with a siren attached instead of just like a, Hey, look Super at this, loud. you know? So you can even see how those triggers evolve and, mm-hmm. and how much you're coming to that inner peace mm-hmm. through self-violence. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's so uh, wow right? man great For, point dude. chaos into order right great the yin point. and the yang wow so full circle is is violence necessary huh? perhaps 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 because a lot of times you find people that are in a a state of bliss and peace they've lived some of the most violent stories you'll ever hear yeah you know a lot of the most interesting people. Mm-hmm. 
have come from violence, whether, again, mental or, or emotional or physical. Experience brings wisdom, brother. Mm-hmm. Experience brings wisdom. Yeah. Man. Great episode, man. Yeah. Let us know what you think. If um, you've got something to share about violence that you've experienced or your thoughts on why people are violent or what causes people to be violent uh, and why I say that, I remember one thing. Going back to the brain scans we talked about last week. <laughs> were you just about to say that shit? I was like, hey, can we just cut to cover one more thing? Yeah. Yeah. The, Broken the f- brains. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Go ahead with what you were going to say. Uh, so the studies have, have shown that a lot of uh, your violent criminals and serial killers uh, have malfunctions within their frontal lobe and their amygdala, mm-hmm. which is your emotional regulation center. Mm-hmm. So your moral compass is fucked up or non-existent. Um, you're not able to feel the empathy and the, um, the, the, just the overall emotion of the violent acts. Mm-hmm. So, uh, there is a physical aspect of that, which there's physical, emotional, psychological, spiritual aspect to everything in life. But uh, looking at the physical aspect of the actual human brain, a lot of times those centers that regulate that mm-hmm. judgment and that emotion are shut off. Mm-hmm. So pretty cool. Yeah, it is very cool. And if if I'm correct, then I think that, yes, there is a lot more activity going on in other places and less activity going on in places that it should be occurring. Right. Like they're like in the parts that you said, I feel like they're studying like the gray matter in the brain. Yeah. And there's a lot, they're noticing a correlation between a ton of activity in the gray matter mm-hmm. versus somebody that doesn't have like, you know, very violent tendencies that has little, like a less action in their gray matter. Right. So I don't know exactly what that means, but I was like, mm, that makes sense to me. Like, yeah, I could see how that would, add up yeah but like brains that are yeah that are broken i mean like some of the like football player like the one that keeps coming to mind as i think about this is is chris henry Mm -hmm. um i can't remember his exact story but Something happened with him and his girlfriend. I feel like. Yeah. Do you remember this? Yeah, and he fell out of the back of a truck. Fell out of the back of the truck. Argument. And um, but didn't they say like at one point that like he just went crazy? Yeah. Like at one point they noticed a significant difference in the way he was acting and what what was going on and his behavior and all kinds of things. So like it starts there. Like there are, I mean, they're opening up people's brains now, looking for CTE. Mm-hmm. Um, doing violent and aggressive acts towards other people doing towards themselves, committing suicide. I mean, another one, uh, Chris Benoit, a famous wrestler. Yeah. Um, killed his whole family, I think. Yeah. And then killed himself. Yeah. Um, and was the nicest guy in the world. I mean, he, like he traveled everywhere. I mean, from the documentary documentary, I think I remember, I mean, I think he was a very nice guy. I don't remember accounts of being him very aggressive or mean or anything. I could be wrong, but the general sense of what I felt is that behavior wasn't normal for right. him. Right. And there was a point where things just changed. Yeah. And now again, they're opening up these brains of, you know, football players, athletes and wrestlers and all these different people. And they're discovering that their brains are gone. 
Mm-hmm. There's nothing left. Yeah, the activity. Yeah, dude. It's really powerful. Yeah, it, it ties into last week's episode beautifully, man. I mean, so, you know, even when you don't have a, you know, a quote unquote broken brain, I mean, I'm thinking about like right now, like school shootings. Like, why does this occur? Mm-hmm. You know, like, there's no good reason for that. Like, nobody can be like, oh, this is, this is why they occur. I feel like it's like, Man, and a, and a lot maybe here here we go with the a lot again. Some of the of the shootings, obviously, school they're younger. They're they're younger, and there there's so much that they have to deal with. And then it just snaps, instead of like a football player who's getting hit over and over and over and over again. They're emotionally getting hit over and over and over and over again. Not only at school now. But then social media, it's now 24-7. It's with them wherever they go. Kids will say anything online. Kids will, dude, this, kids will say anything. There's some ruthless people, kids. not just kids. Yeah, there's some ruthless people out there. So, again, I don't, maybe I don't even understand the scope of it. All right. There are some very mean people out there. Yeah. And, and you know, one, one thing that's really interesting to see a lot of these mass shootings is um, medications. Yeah, a lot of these people are on psychoactive pharmaceuticals that, in some sense, deteriorate those parts of the brain that regulate those things. Yeah, so I don't know. It's I think a lot of the world is on antidepressants. Oh yeah, I think in fact, uh, most at least of them in our are. society, yeah. So to say that, like, you know, people are on whenever school shootings occur. Oh yeah, it's like well, yeah, most of the people are so yeah, you know. I, that would be interesting to see the percent of people. I, I, what do you think it is, dude? I would, be, I would bet it's very high. Yeah, yeah. over fifty. Around there. Yeah. Yep. Huh. Some I'm sort of antidepressant or anti-anxiety. Yeah, that'd be a good statistic to look up. Yeah, that would be a good one for sure. Yeah, that, that would be a good one. So, yeah, I mean, there's there's all kinds of things that go into it. I mean, for sure. And then, and so, and then so there, there's another thing. All these different medications now, you know, there's not just one, there's a, there's a billion of them. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's another thing that they have to deal with. Mm-hmm. All these different ones. Yeah. Nobody really medications knows. to counteract medications. Yeah. No, yeah. yeah exactly. Like, like nobody really knows what they're going to do. I mean, it's a, it's a toss up. It works sometimes. Sometimes it doesn't. Right. It works for me. So, right. But it's like they, they now have that too. Right. Like my generation like started to get that. I feel like, you know, and now it's fully into theirs. Dude, let's. What else can we add to their plate? Right. <laughs> yeah, and it's taken us further and further away from who we truly are. You right. Ooh. So, broken brain. You know, again, could be a physical, like athlete or emotional. Kids. You know, even adults even. But uh, you know, just looking at school shootings. I mean, but yeah, even adults. I mean, road rage. Even adults. <laughs> yeah. Every everyone was probably like, oh, yep, I've had road rage. It's like, dude. And then you see people. I mean, I heard a story on, that Rogan told the other day on his podcast that two dudes actually got out in a parking lot over road rage. With they were with their families and shot each other, killed both of the guys, died. Jesus. Over road rage. Take the wheel. But you know what I'm saying? It's yeah, like, man. dude, I mean, everybody's on a 10 right now. There's violence everywhere. Yeah. And people are just snapping 
left and right dealing with all this stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and all the stuff that's out there doesn't exactly center around, you know, positive things. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, man. It's tough, man. You learn, You have to seek out positivity. Yeah. You know, man, negativity is easy. You have to seek out positivity. Yeah. So it's um it's wild man and i think about that made, that story made me think about like and i think rogan even said this it's like dude just think about those two guys now like their families like literally if they could go back and think and like think in their dying moments they were like dude i let my ego get in my way and now now my family just I'm watched dying. me die Fuck. i think of a trip that'd be shit so man yeah a lot of violence in the world. Mm-hmm. So, well, uh, I'll, I'll speak for myself. You know, I continue to do the work and 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 balance my silence, and uh, just continue to show the world that I think violence is necessary, but I think we can also get a lot of greatness from it too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And for for me, violence is has been my path to peace. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whether it was through childhood trauma and violence that I experienced throughout my life, not that I was ever um, abused or anything. I don't want to paint a poor picture of my my family life, but um, and then into the military and going into a combat zone and violence has always been prevalent in my life, and mm-hmm. now I'm finally finding peace by understanding violence. Mm-hmm. So very good, beautiful episode. Yep. All of you that, that tuned in, thank you so much for joining us. I'm so grateful for this beautiful man next to me and, and our beautiful discussions. Man, it, it feels so freeing and so liberating to have these open dialogue discussions with him and with you. Yeah. So thank you, Eric. Yeah. Thank you, all of you listening, all of you that have watched live. So grateful for you guys. Yeah. So grateful. Yeah, man, it's cool. It's like... It's just so awesome. I mean, we, I message people all the time. It's like, yo, check out our podcast. And they're like, yo, I listen to you guys. Yeah. It's just, that's like, I get so giddy. Like, if you've messaged me, you know that. Like, I will, you'll get 12 exclamation points on the <laughs> on the way back. Like, yeah. I, I love that shit, man. So yeah. it's, it's so cool to hear it. And um, it's great. So, yeah, thank you so much. Thanks for receiving all the messages that we send out. <laughs> and, uh, it's it's how you it's how you get it's it's how you make it you know so yeah. you got to put in the work you got to put in the work so appreciate y'all and this is our we say this all the time we're going to continue to say it you have thoughts if you have topics let's get interesting let's get fascinated like tell us your topics come we're, on the show come on the show let's leave us a review if you listen to our show I would be so grateful if you would leave us a review because that helps our podcast expand and it jumps us up the search list and all all these other algorithms that play into that. So um, we would greatly appreciate any feedback. I think a a fair exchange is like, you know, if you get help from from this podcast. Throw us a bone. Throw us a bone. The biggest compliment we can get is is a share or review for sure. Thank you. We love you guys. Season three, episode five, violence. It's a peaceful rap.
Everything's already alright, always alright 